0: If there's one place a Christian should visit if you have the means, it's the Holy Land of Israel and Jordan. And Pastor Ralph Yankee Arno and me, Bill Bunkley, want to take you along with us to both countries on our summer 2023 pilgrimage. Come see the epicenter of the world in God's holy city, Jerusalem. Witness historical locations and places of future prophetic events. Your cost is just $45.95, double occupancy, including round-trip air from Tampa, two meals a day, private Wi-Fi motor coach, Israeli and Jordanian guides. Space is very limited. A 700 deposit secures your spot with final payment not due until May the 10th, giving you time to budget. To see all the places on our 10-day pilgrimage to Israel and Jordan, June 24th through July 4th, Go to BillBunkley.com, that's BillBunkley.com, or call me at 813-264-2977, that's 813-264-2977. Born to die, that he might give,
1: eternal life, that I... And turn my darkness. Whenever you first read about Barnabas, he was the comforter, the one to come alongside. Uh, everybody needs a Barnabas. But Barnabas wasn't evidently uh, a total pushover and just a person to take the back seat. Uh, I guess he was along for the ride as long as you, um, you agreed with him. But now he's willing to separate from Paul because of his nephew. And so notice what happened. In verse 38, but Paul thought not good to take him with them who departed from them, from Pamphylia, and went not with them to the work. In other words, they had a a missionary journey. And Mark had gone, I guess, a few places, and then he didn't want to go no more. He quit. And so because he quit, I guess Paul couldn't depend on him. Now Barnabas wants to take him with him. He says, no, I don't think that's to be good. Because he had quit. And he didn't want to have him come. Barnabas did. So you got two giants in the faith, two of the biggest names here in the book of Acts. And they have a disagreement. And what happened? So he says here, verse 39, and the contention was so sharp between them that they departed asunder, one from the other. And so Barnabas, he took Mark and sailed unto Cyprus. Paul chose Silas. And departed, being recommended by the brethren unto the grace of God. And he went through Syria and Cilicia, confirming the churches. Now, have you ever seen these uh, guys that sometimes do these little tricks of getting a plate on a stick, and they get it whirling, and then they get another one and get it whirling, and then they get another one and get it whirling, and then when they get another one and get it whirling, and then over there starts to wah wah, 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 and they run back over there and get it going again. Well, that's the way it is with people. People in the church... Some of them, you you get them going, ah, they're going wrong, fine. So then you should put some time and try to get somebody else going. Then you try to get somebody else going. And then that one stops wobbling, starts wobbling, then you go and try to get that one going. Then that one, and you you can drive you nuts. Do you realize that not everybody keeps serving the Lord all the time? And you build a church on the temporary dedication of God's people. Wouldn't it be neat if everybody just served the Lord and you wouldn't have to always keep challenging and motivating them, And then people would drop off, stop serving the Lord, and then here comes somebody else. Well, it caused such a dissension between them that um, they they parted ways. And years later, he recommended, and bring Mark, because he is profitable unto me in the ministry. So somewhere in between there, Barnabas must have done some good with Mark, because uh, Paul wanted Mark to come again later on. But there's always, and sometimes there's divisions among good people. And uh, so they have to separate and do what they do. It doesn't mean that God can't use them because God can. And just that you sometimes just always agree on how something is to be done. Uh, Hold your place there in chapter 13 of Acts. But I want you to take your Bible and turn over there to the book of uh, Galatians in chapter 2. Galatians in chapter 2. Now, it would be wonderful if everybody just got along, but they don't always get along. People have conflicts, and sometimes we have, you know, we call it personality problems. But it's, uh, it's really, it's, it's sin. When we have these personality conflicts, it's sin. And uh, it's because somebody just won't give in, or won't adjust, and so you got problems. Now, get what he says here in the book of Galatians in chapter 2. In verse 5, the Apostle Paul is telling the people there in Galatia uh, something that had happened years before. He says, To whom we gave place by subjection, no, not for an hour, that the truth of the gospel might continue with you. Because you see in verse 4, he talks about there were false prophets that were brought in, and they're always trying to add something to the gospel twisting things. And this is why in chapter 1, in verse 6, he says, I marvel that you are so soon removed from him that called you into the gospel of grace, into another gospel, which is not another. But there be some that would trouble you and pervert the gospel of Christ. But though we are an angel from heaven preaching to you any other gospel, let him be accursed. So he says, we had that happen, but we didn't move. We stood our ground. They didn't compromise, you know, just for fellowship. So he says here in verse 6, But of these who seem to be somewhat, whatsoever they were, it maketh no matter to me. God accepteth no man's persons. For they who seem to be somewhat in conference added nothing to me. Now you say, who is he talking about? The, the apostles. The apostles. He says, they didn't know anything that I didn't know, because God had already done told him. Christ taught him, and he, yeah, they got together. And he says, they didn't have anything they could add to me. He said, they agreed that uh, Peter would go to the Jews and I would go to the Gentiles. So he said, but we preach the same thing. So he said in verse 7, but contrarywise when they saw that the gospel of the uncircumcision to the Gentiles was committed unto me, as the gospel of the circumcision was unto Peter. For he that wrought effectually in Peter to the apostleship of the circumcision, the same was mighty in me toward the Gentiles. So They both preached the same gospel. They both had a ministry given by Christ. And so there was no problem with that. But now they had come together because there's a church started in a place called Antioch. And that's where the Christians were first called Christians in Antioch. So somebody came to see them. Now look what he says in verse 9. And when James and Cephas, or Peter and John, who seemed to be pillars perceived the grace that was given unto me, they gave to me and Barnabas the right hands of fellowship, that we should go unto the heathen, Gentiles, and they unto the circumcision, the Jews. Only they would that we should remember the poor, the same which I also was forward to do. In other words, I've already determined to do that, but that was their recommendation. So everything's good. Everything's cool. Everybody's getting along. And then, verse 11, but see that but? But when Peter was come to Antioch, I would stood him to the face because he was to be blamed. Can you see the Apostle Paul blaming the first Pope? If Peter was the Pope, (laughs) he was not infallible, that's for sure, because he had problems. What in the world did Peter do that was so bad? that he had to be rebuked in front of everybody. You say, leaders shouldn't do that. Well, he did it publicly. That's why Paul had to correct him publicly. So he says here in verse 10, Only they would that we would do this. So in verse 11, But when Peter was come to Antioch, I withstood stood him to the face, because he was to be blamed. For before that, certain came from James. Remember, James now is the pastor of the church that's in Jerusalem and he did eat with the Gentiles. Talking about Peter. He was a preacher to the Jews, but he still ate with the Gentiles at the church there in Jerusalem. And so he says, But when they were come, he withdrew and separated himself, fearing them which were of the Jews. Because he didn't, Peter didn't want those Jews to see him fellowshipping and, and eating with those Gentiles. So he compromised. He uh, caused a division. He caused a problem. He split Paul's church. Paul had a church. Peter was a guest speaker. Or he came to his church, split it. The great apostle Peter. And he says, I had to rebuke him to his face. Because what he was doing was compromising the truth of the gospel. Because under the gospel there's neither Jew nor Gentile Greek or bond, free. Not, they're all the same. Everybody's the same. And that one is not better than another. And that they were not supposed to be under the law. And the reason for not doing that and eating with the Gentiles because they, the Jewish people, believed that was unclean. And you didn't do that. Well, the Lord had already told them and taught him a great lesson in chapter 10 of the book of Acts, with the story about Cornelius. But now notice this. He makes a statement in verse 13, And the other Jews dissembled likewise with him, insomuch that Barnabas also was carried away with their dissimulation or their hypocrisy. So now Barnabas and Paul is together again. Then Peter comes and causes his compromise because he didn't want to offend the Jews. He withdrew from the Gentiles and would eat with them and affected Barnabas. So he not only split his church and some of the other Jews, he did it with his leadership. See, everything is not just smooth in the scriptures. The Bible tells us the good and the bad. It not only tells us that David was a man after God's own heart. It also tells us that David sinned and committed adultery, doesn't it? And he did the wrong? The Bible records that. Aren't you glad your name is not in here with all of your faults for people to read for eternity? But now notice what it says here in verse 14. But when I saw that they walked not uprightly according to the truth of the gospel, because they were compromising, I said unto Peter, Before them all, if thou, being a Jew, liveth after the manner of Gentiles. Ooh, Paul, you shouldn't have told on him. Because he was living like a Gentile, like he's not under the law. But when those Jews showed up, he lived like he was under the law, because that's what they taught. So he says, I said unto Peter before them all, if thou being a Jew, livest after the manner of Gentiles, and not as do the Jews, why compellest thou the Gentiles to live after? as do the Jews, or under the law. So then he makes his statement in verse 15. We, including Peter and him and all, we who are Jews by nature, and not sinners of the Gentiles, we're not Gentiles, we're Jews. He says, knowing that a man is not justified by the works of the law, but by the faith of Jesus Christ, even we have believed in Jesus Christ, that we Jews might be justified by the faith of Christ, not by the works of the law. For by the works of the law shall no flesh be justified. But if, while we seek to be justified by Christ, we ourselves also are found sinners. Is therefore Christ the minister of sin? In other words, if we're still seeking to be saved by keeping the law, then are you saying that you're not saved now? But if you are saved, why are you seeking to be saved? If you are justified, why are you seeking to be justified by the law if you're already justified? You're not under the law. So, conflict, conflict, conflict. And so you have conflict in the life. And some people get, have conflict in church. Some people have conflict with me. And some people will leave the church. And somebody else comes and they'll say, oh, I'm just being so fed. Oh, I'm just feeding on the word. And somebody leaves. I'm tired of this milk. All I get is milk, 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 milk. And then somebody else, boy, that was good. Wasn't that good this morning? I've heard that a thousand times. Can you please everybody? <laughs> so can't and you don't even worry about it. And I figured if you can get better food down the road, go on down the road. I, I, I'm, I'm going to serve the best meals that I can. But you can't please everyone. So go back there to the book of Acts. The book of Acts. And now you'll notice in chapter 13, Acts chapter 13. Now you'll notice that some other things are going to be taking place here. And in verse 1, now there were in the church, that was at Antioch, certain prophets and teachers, as Barnabas and Simeon, that was called Niger, and Lucius of Cyrene, and Manian which had been brought up with Herod the Tetrarch and Saul, as they ministered to the Lord and fasted, the Holy Spirit said, Separate me Barnabas and Saul for the work whereunto I have called them. So the Lord called Paul and, at this time still call Saul and Barnabas, and I got to work for them. So the church was going to send them out. So this is why as a church we like to send forth missionaries. Uh, That's scriptural. That's where it is. Separate me, Paul, and Barnabas for this purpose. So this is our uh, missionary lessons. In verse 3, and when they had fasted and prayed, laid their hands on them, they sent them away. That means that they were financially supporting them, sending out the missionaries and also with prayer. And they... uh, gave their stamp of approval upon them by laying their hands upon them, which is like a transfer of, we believe in what they're doing, and we believe that God has called them, and they want to have a part in their ministry. This is what you do. So in verse fourteen, verse 4, And they, being sent forth by the Holy Spirit, departed unto Seleucia, and from thence they sailed to Cyprus. And when they were at Salamis, they preached the word of God in the synagogue of the Jews, And they had also John to their minister. That John is that John Mark. So John Mark also went with them. That's up there in verse 25 of the previous chapter. So they're on a missionary journey, going somewhere, getting some things done, sowing the seed, preaching the gospel. Look in verse 6. In verse 6, he said, And when they had gone through the isle unto Paphos, They found a certain sorcerer, a false prophet, a Jew whose name was Bar-Jesus, which was with the deputy of the country, Sergius Paulus, a prudent man who called for Barnabas and Saul and desired to hear the word of God. So he wanted to hear the book. But Ilamas, the sorcerer, was so in his name by interpretation. It's Arabic, meaning wise withstood them, seeking to turn away the deputy from the faith. So here's somebody who wants to hear, and there's somebody who wants to stop them from hearing. And so, in verse 9, then Saul, and get this, who also is called Paul, filled with the Holy Ghost, set his eyes on him, and says, O fool of all subtlety and all mischief, thou child of the devil, thou... Enemy of all righteousness, wilt thou not cease to pervert the right ways of the Lord. Sound like Paul was a little upset with this guy. See, whenever you go and you do what God wants to do, it doesn't mean it's a smooth road. I mean, there were people that were against them. All kinds of things happen. You stop and think about all the things that happened to the apostle Paul in his journey and how that um, God still used him. I want you to sh- I just show you this because this is so important. Look there in the book of 2 Corinthians in chapter 11. 2 Corinthians in chapter 11. This is why the Bible says in 1 Peter about those who are scarcely saved, scarcely saved. Because when you consider that a man must hear the gospel in order to believe the gospel, and what what it means for people to go through what they do in order to get that gospel to somebody, it's a miracle in itself. Like I said before, here I am almost 75 years old. I've had one person talk to me about my soul. And nobody in the last 57 years, 56 and a half years, nobody has ever witnessed me. So you're talking about just scarcely being saved? Because, see, that man, what if he'd have missed me? The difference it would have made. So he says here in the book of 2 Corinthians in chapter 11, Look what Paul went through in order to get the gospel to somebody. So that's why it was always good to have somebody go with you. And Barnabas went with him a lot. Now he's got John Mark going with him. So he says up there in verse 24, of the Jews, this is what he says, excuse me, in verse 23, are they ministers of Christ? I speak as a fool. I am more. And labors more abundant, and stripes above measure. Prison more frequent, and deaths oft. Of the Jews five times received I forty stripes, save one. Now, think about that. A cat of nine tails on your back, ripping you open. And that thing plunging into you and then ripping it across your back. He says they did that to him and 39 times or 40 times. And then he did it five times to him. So far, how many times have you had somebody do that to you? And we don't serve the Lord because, well, somebody offended me. Somebody hurt my feelings. Or I asked God to give me a pink Cadillac and a million dollars, and He didn't do it. We have really suffered, haven't we? But look what He went through. He says in verse 25, Thrice was I beaten with rods, once I was stoned, thrice I suffered shipwreck. A night and a day I've been in the deep. In journeys often, perils of water, perils of uh, robbers, and my countrymen and heathen, the city, the wilderness, in the sea, among false brethren. And look at verse twenty-seven: in weariness and painfulness, and watchings often, in hunger, in thirst, and fastings often, in cold and nakedness. So whenever Paul says, "I can do all things through Christ which strengtheneth me," this is what he's talking about. I have the strength to keep going when all this is against me, and all these things happen. I didn't stop. I didn't quit. That's why he says in Second Corinthians chapter four and verse one, he says, "Having therefore this ministry." We faint not. We don't quit. We can't quit. These things here would cause most people to quit serving the Lord. But he says no. So he says here in verse 28, Beside those things that are without, that which cometh upon me daily, the care of all the churches. Care of all the churches. Not just one church. All the churches. Who is weak? Am I not weak? Who is offended? And I burn not? If you get offended, what do you think Paul did? Paul got offended, but he didn't let it stop him. If I must need glory, I will glory of the things which concern my infirmities. Because that's why in the next chapter, he says, when I am weak, then I am strong, because God had to do it. God had to do it. God had to do it. And God would bring them through. And there's 40 people one time took a vow that they were going to not sleep until they killed Paul, until they killed him. How many people have taken a vow to kill you? how valuable are you? Are you worth killing? <laughs> That's how you know your value, is how many people are willing to stop you. Well, anyway, and I've had people say, well, I sure would love to have been like the Apostle Paul. Oh, really? Oh, really? And they would say, well, I'd come to church on Sunday, but no, I stayed up last night too late watching the TV, and so I just had to sleep in this morning. Yeah, you're really faithful. That's really faithful. Oh, time is up. We'll stop right there. Y'all behave yourself. I do want to explain this to you. Nobody's perfect. There's only one that's perfect and that's God. Let me show you this. This hand represent you and me. This wallet represent everything we've done that's wrong. We've all sinned. So God says because of sin and that's the evidence we got an old sinful nature. Why do I do all these bad things? Because you got a sinful nature. It's your nature. Why does a dog bark? It's the nature of the dog to bark. But wouldn't it be a shame to tell the dog, Dog, you stop acting like a dog and I'll make you a chicken. When can the dog stop acting like a dog? That's why there's preachers that tell people, Stop your sinning. Turn from all of your sin. Don't sin anymore. Yeah, right. Nobody can do that. It's impossible. You can't turn from your sins. Why? It's on the inside. That's the nature that you have. That's why you do all those bad things. You can pick the apples off the tree, but that doesn't change it from being an apple tree. But God so loved the world. He loves you. He loves me. He hates what we do wrong. And for us to pay for this sin is eternal separation from God and hell. And Jesus said, He's looking for the fruits of righteousness and there aren't any. He's looking for perfection. There aren't any. So he says he's going to lay the axe to the root of the tree. It means he cuts down every tree that's not perfect. That's why the wages of sin is death. That's why we're all going to die. And because of that, we're all condemned to hell. So there is no hope for man by man. You can't stop it. You can't change it. You can't help it. You're in a heap of trouble. And this is what God did for us. See, God says He wants us to go to heaven. But to go to heaven, you've got to be perfect, as righteous as God. None of us are perfect. We've all done things wrong. Nobody's good enough. So God says you cannot save yourself. People have heard about this all their life. Let this hand represent Jesus Christ. He's the Lord, God in the flesh. He came into the world because He loves us. He hates our sin because it separates us from Him. So Jesus Christ who had no sin didn't have to die. So he didn't have to be cut down. So why did he die? Well, it's very simple. He took our sins and died in our place. Paid for all of our sins, came back from the dead. And God said that if we would believe, he did it for us. Aren't you glad he didn't tell you to do something hard and complicated? All he said, this is all you have to do to go to heaven. Is will you believe that I pay for your sins? You see if I believe he paid for my sins I'm not trying to pay for my sins. See I'm not going to church to try to pay for my sins. You know if I do enough good it'll pay for the bad. I'm not giving money to pay for my sins. I'm not trying to pray to pay for my sins. I'm not doing anything to pay for my sins. I'm not doing anything to try to earn my way to heaven. I'm going to heaven because of what Christ did. Christ paid for my sins. And if I believe He did it for me, He puts the payment to my account and I go to heaven on what Christ did. You got it? Let's pray shall we? If you're here this morning and perhaps you have never trusted Christ as your Savior, I want you to understand you don't have to live the life. You don't have to promise to live a Christian life. You don't have to promise God you're going to stop anything or join anything. Friend, that would just make you a religious hypocrite. Christ died for your sins. The only way you'll ever get to heaven is to believe He did it for you. You don't have to join this church. You don't have to give any money. I don't want anything from you. I want you to receive something. You see, the Lord offers you eternal life as a gift. And if you accept it, you would have it. Will you believe it? If you were here this morning and say, Preacher, that made sense to me, and I will trust Christ as my Savior right now. Friend, I'd love to know it. I'd love to have prayer for you. And I'm going to ask you in just a moment to slip your hand up. Raising your hand does not save you. It just lets me know that what I said made sense. And you said That made sense to me, and I'm going to trust Christ as my Savior. Is there anyone at all before we close? Just slip it up very quickly and put it right back down and say, That made sense to me. Yes, God bless you, ma'am. God bless you, sir. God bless you. I appreciate that. Anyone else? Just slip it up very quickly. So that I'm not going to have you forward. I'm not going to embarrass you. Yes, God bless you. God bless you. Are there others? Yes, God bless you, sir. God bless you. Anyone else? See, if you trust Christ right now as your Savior, God said He would save you right now, give you eternal life, and you can know that you're going to heaven when you die because He loves you so much. Anyone else before we close? Our Father, we thank you so much for the free gift of eternal life. You love us so much. And Lord, I thank you for each one of these that by an uplifted hand have indicated that they would trust Christ as their Savior. We know that when they do so, you promised in your word to give them eternal life and that they would become your child, that you'd never cast them out and never lose them. We thank you so much for all you've done for us and for giving it to us in such a way that we can have it and understand it. It's free. And that you will never take and cast us out, never lose us. And Father, we can know that we're going to heaven. Thank you so much. In Christ's name we pray. Amen.
0: Do you have to be baptized in water to be saved and go to heaven? Would that make the person who baptized you your Savior?
1: There are at least five baptisms in the Bible. Which one gets you to heaven? Pastor Yankee Arnold has prepared just the right book with answers straight from the Bible. So live today and every day, believing that the Lord is coming soon, and just keep looking up. Amazing grace amazes me.